welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. Hello, hello, listeners. Well, today we are going to talk about December delights. So as you all know, listeners, if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, and Avery and Lucy, I love the origins and definitions of words. And today's podcast is all about delight. And so looking at that word, delight, if we use it as a verb, not a noun, it simply means to take great pleasure in. And it also means to give keen enjoyment. So I love that delight is about giving and receiving, which I thought would be a perfect topic for the holidays, since we are getting into the thick of the holiday season now. And it's also the inspiration for our December challenge, which we'll talk at the very end of this podcast. So stay tuned for that. So Avery and Lucy, when you think about just the word delight, like what comes to mind for you? Are there any images that come to mind? Any thoughts? What's going on for you when you hear that word delight? I feel like it's like a bubbly word. Yeah. Kind of like something kind of like bubbles up and Uh there's a sense of levity with it almost. Yeah. I think about like squeals of delight. Mm -hmm. There's something a little bit childlike about about it for me of just like, we've talked about words like wonder and joy. It's kind of this like, woo, like excitement, bubbly, kind of like reckless abandon, kind of like just being able to give yourself to the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think the same for me, there's like a childlike quality to it. There's almost like a, I don't know, like an innocence to it sort of almost when you think about that word. So I, I, I love it. Um, I love it. And we'll talk about kind of what inspired me for this particular podcast towards the end. So let's talk about this one. This podcast will probably be kind of short and sweet today. So, but let's talk about some of the, what we would call like principles of delight. So the first thing is to delight is a choice. It is a choice. So it's really about a choice of where to find it. Where am I going to find delight? Where am I going to find joy? A lot of times those words are used interchangeably. And it's really a choice to, what it's a choice about is noticing. So noticing Mm. where the joy is, where the pleasure is. It's a choice to be amused by something. So there's definitely like a intentional component to it. So how do the two of you, how do you all make the choice to delight in something or someone? Is it a conscious decision? Is it something that happens to you sort of more spontaneously out of the blue? What are your thoughts about you that? Know, for some reason, when I, when you're talking about that, I think about one thing I know that the delight comes up for me is like when I think about my grandparents, like they delighted in me, like they, I, it was mm. delightful. We were able to, they were doing things that were very delightful for me or with me and that they kind of would slow down and take that time to delight in our activities together, in our conversations together. And so I guess what comes up for me is kind of this like warmness, but also slowing down and really not having an expectation, not having like a goal, but just more like I'm going to find pleasure in this interaction and this activity and delight in you know, delight in it is kind of what I'm thinking about. And, and it does feel like a choice because it's like, it's a cho- choice to slow down. It's a choice to look for the good and look for the enjoyment and to even set that up too of like, okay, we're going to give time and space for conversation or time and space for this activity. So it doesn't feel rushed or meeting a goal or on a schedule. Yeah. Cause that yeah. can steal the delight. Oh like, my gosh. Yeah. The faster we're trying to move and furiously trying yes. to check boxes. There's not a whole lot of delight 
Totally. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not at all. And it sounds like you were their delight, yeah. Avery, <laughs> the way you were describing it, kind of the look yeah. on your face. And I felt that. I uh-huh. mean, and I think that that's something, again, I love that image of giving and taking because mm-hmm. I think that there was that, that it was a mutually delightful interaction. And I think that, especially when we think about with the holidays, there can be a lot of situations where that can come up, but there can be a lot of, like you were mentioning, rushed, scheduled. There can be a lot of thieves of delight too, of we got to be on this task or on this goal or, yeah. And I love, I love the idea that there's a mindset piece here, right? Mm -hmm. So this idea that delight is a choice, almost it can be there for the taking, but whether or not it feels available to us in part has something to do with like how open we are to it, how curious it's this mindset piece. And I am, I say that on the one hand, because I think it's very empowering and I think it's accurate in many ways. And I think on the other hand, there's also a part of it, but sometimes it's hard, yeah. right? Yeah. Like sometimes we're just grumpy or not in the mood and it doesn't totally feel like a choice. So I think mm-hmm. I also just want to give words to that too, that I don't think it's quite as simple as like, just choose to be delighted. Mm-hmm. Like I feel sure. like that maybe like undersells it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes, and I mean, we work with people who have bonafide psychological disorders and some of those like actually really impact your capacity to experience delight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is more than just like, well, just pay attention or whatever, right. because there's so many things that affect our attention and pull our attention in, mm-hmm. in lots of different ways. So how do y'all, and are there particular ways that you try to encourage clients to shift their mindset or pay attention in a particular way? I, th- I think about one way is to kind of clear the barriers. So mm. kind of thinking about, I think when we mention even like depression, for example, I mean, one thing that's really hard with depression is that it's very hard to feel delight, but it's also, you put those like shoulds and oughts, like I should be feeling better. I should be feeling, and that like expectation and like negative thinking can just really get in the way. The pressure. The pressure, yeah. exactly. And so I think even if you are not suffering with clinical depression, when I think about the holidays, there are a lot of shoulds that go around that. Like, it should be perfect. It should be this way. It should be. I should be having fun. It should be delightful. It should be delightful. Every, <laughs> like, every single thing delightful should all. be delightful. <laughs> and so I think sometimes it's just removing some of those hurdles of, you know, and also to this idea of kind of both and like you can be stressed and also find some delight. I mean, you can laugh about things. I think about the season that my family find our, finds ourselves in right now. We're living two different places. Anyways, it's very chaotic, but it's funny. I mean, there's some things that are just funny. Like I'm sitting here in sweatpants because I literally could not find something to wear this morning that was going to be warm and appropriate for this afternoon. So I, I have it hanging in my closet, hanging in my office, which is kind of funny that I'm like schlepping <laughs> shit everywhere I go because I don't know where my shit is. And so I think that it is sometimes as simple as it doesn't have to be perfect. So there is some mindset shift to it of kind of delighting in the absurd, kind of like what your email was talking about that you said actually today or at that kind of delighting in that, that things can be funny, even when they're not purely delightful. Yeah. Back to that mindset though. Yeah. Right. Like it's, this is something I have to work on. Like, where am I going to be like angry and grumpy and irritable around things? Right. And then where can I, and often for me, it's letting go of the expectations Mm -hmm. and the shoulds. Mm -hmm. Right. And if I can let those go and just like align with what's so like, well, here I am, like, this is how it is. And I can be grumpy about it or I can try to laugh at it Mm -hmm. or find whatever good might be in the moment. Mm -hmm. When we find that wiggle room, it can free us up a little bit. And I think I love that you're kind of giving voices. Sometimes that's not available and that's okay too. Sometimes it's like, no, no, I, I'm not well rested. I'm not feeling well resourced. I'm exhausted. Like it is just not available. I, I know I can even see this could be a humorous situation. I'm not finding the humor, 
that's totally acceptable and offering compassion around that. And kind of this invitation that sometimes you can find the delight in the little and even the kind of frustrations of life. You can kind of find some hilarity, some delight. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I love about delight is that it's usually there's an aspect of surprise to it. So Ooh. while we can kind of be this sort of detective, mm. a lot of times it's like this surprising little gift. And if we have our eyes open and if we're just like sort of curious mm-hmm. enough, if we can pay attention enough, a lot of times it really can surprise us. And that in itself can help shift our thoughts and like shift our mood and more of a joyful direction, especially Mm. like when we're stressed out. So for example, I was in California this past weekend and our flight was delayed like four hours. Mm. You know, that's always lovely. On the way home? Yeah, on the way home. I mean, so on the way there, that's another kind of stress and I get aggravated with that. But on the way home, I was like, oh, well, thanks so much. The plane hasn't even left. They've shifted planes or whatever. But looking around, I saw this woman with a literal corn on the cob Mm -mm. walking through the airport, just like shucking it. And I was just kind of like, what in the world? You know, yeah. and like, it kind of like took me out of the grumpy, you know, yeah. like, you know, that kind of grumpy sort of whatever, uh-huh. you know, or like where LA traffic is not the best, but I'm, you know, we're being transported to Disneyland because of course that's where I was. And I look over and there's this little bitty car with this huge chandelier strapped to the top <laughs> of wow. the car. Wow. You know, just kind of like odd, like. Yeah. Okay. You know, and so in those moments, it kind of takes me out of that grumpy, irritable expectation sort of place that Mm -hmm. I'm in. So I love that delight has that sort of sense of Mm -hmm. of surprise. Uh Yeah. How about for the two of you? Have y'all experienced that recently or anything kind of that kind of comes to mind? Well, as you were talking, I was thinking the surprise is like one side of it, but I feel like another side of delight can be a bit of more of a nostalgia flair. So something Mm. that feels familiar and brings up old memories Uh can be delightful too. Like for some reason, my husband was playing Christmas music this morning because he's going around (laughs) the house like we're ready. Charlotte has told me that research shows that people who decorate for Christmas early at the beginning of November are happier. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so she's making the case. Does Charlotte have an agenda? Right, yeah. she, she might have a little agenda. But anyway, she's got Brandon playing Christmas music. But yeah. there are these songs and there's something about them, yeah. at least at the beginning. Maybe after like eight weeks, I'll be like, dear God. <laughs> but for now, I'm like, whoa, like there's something delightful about uh-huh. it. Yes. Seeing the decorations. I mean, I think that's one thing I love about the holidays. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things that do prompt that sense of delight and wonder and nostalgia and mm-hmm. magic. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think I, when you talk about the nostalgia, I think that those traditions, we, our tradition for Halloween is we always go to this one neighbor's house and we have pizza and wine and the kids trick or treat. So this year, of course, our kids are almost all in high school. Yeah. And so they still did trick or treat like a few houses because they had to check that off. That was there, but it was delightful. I mean, it, and we realized we had been doing this now for 10 years, which was amazing and so fun and there is some of that like traditional piece that makes it I don't know adds a layer of delight because we were talking about how different our 14 year olds are than you know when they were four and how much we've changed and how much they've changed there was a little a little bit of like sadness around oh gosh time Mm -hmm. is flying but Mm -hmm. like this connection and and I think somebody we were talking about somebody goes you know we're still going to do this when the kids are gone and then we started talking about how we're going to make it the scariest house on the block and that like we're like oh yeah there's delight to be found even beyond this thing that kind of feels like a, an ending. I mean, I, I don't know that we'll trick or treat next year, but we'll be there at that house for sure. And that feels, I don't know if there's something very 
familiar and delightful about those traditions that happen yeah. year after year. So one of the, the ways that we can really sort of tune in to sort of that sensation of delight is by really kind of paying attention to our senses and like kind of the aesthetics around us. Mm. So favorite colors and sounds and feels and smells and tastes and all of that sort of stuff. So are there any particular like, well, before I get into that, for me, I love bright colors and surprising places. Mm. So for example, I wear a lot of Rossi, that brand shoes and you can actually order inserts in the shoes that are like bright colors. And I love that. And sometimes I'll, I'll like just a little surprise. Yeah. It's Ooh. like a little surprise, uh-huh. you know, like uh-huh. I've got a brown loafer and I don't have like a colored insert in there now, but you, know, you can have like a rainbow colored insert in there. Uh-huh. And I think that's fun. You know, I love discovering when dresses have pockets. I don't know yes. what my deal is with that, but it's like when you try it on and you didn't notice, and then you're like, Oh, it has pockets. pockets. Uh-huh. You know, when you stick your hands in there, like I love that. I love like we have a set of wind chimes on our back porch that I got at the Scarborough festival but it's supposed to be inspired by some sort of polynesian sound but i love like listening to that and then like when we went out for your birthday you know and trying new dishes and we had a caesar salad and who in the world would have thought to put harissa you know that particular uh, in the caesar salad to kind of spice it up and i'm like oh this is really good like i like like those like little yeah like unexpected stuff so when it comes to the holidays are there any particular aesthetics sensations that y'all like that are delightful for you I love the smell of a Christmas tree. In Uh fact, we have, we do two real Christmas trees because we have now so many ornaments. We have the fancy one and then like the, you know, the old handprints from like when John and I were were kids and Wes too. But that's really all the decoration I need. I mean, we have other decorations we put up, but those are really even our indoor and outdoor. We put them in our, our windows. And so you can see them from the street, but there's something about that whole experience. I love to do the lights. I love the way it smells. I love going to pick it out. For some reason, we always pick it up at night. Usually it's raining. It's like the worst time to pick it out, but usually that's when we do it. And it's just this whole experience that just the smell and the feel, the whole thing. I love, I love that. And then of course it smells like Christmas whenever you come in the house, cause it's that real cut tree. I don't know. It's, I love it. That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. We have a fake tree, but I do like that smell. So like anthropology has a candle that's oh. there, like, the, like fur and birch maybe is what it's called. Like that I love mm-hmm. that smell. And then there's another candle that's almost like a cinnamony Christmassy yeah. smell. So I love smells for some reason are yeah. very delightful. Yeah. I like food. I like, like, yeah, there are certain things and it kind of cracks my kids up. So there's like a, I don't, they haven't been out in a little while and I don't know if Pepperidge Farm quit making them. I mean, they're not the most exciting gingerbread cookie I've ever had in my life. The red one? It's, they're the little family. They only come out during the holidays. And so it's obviously like a mom, dad, a boy and a Uh girl. And they're gingerbread. Yeah, they're gingerbread. They're like a little gingerbread family. They're by Pepperidge Farm. They come in a white box and they're all separated in this tin and they have a little plastic that goes over the top but I love having those and the kids crack up because I like to bite their heads off first uh-huh. <laughs> and that's how I eat them I always have you know always do that but I haven't seen them in a little while so I'm kind of sad and I'm hoping that they're going to come back this year but that always kind of makes me feel like I don't know mischievous and I enjoy it I enjoy it so that's one of the things that I yeah. I love plus all the decor I love the lights I love all of that kind of stuff too that makes me excited and happy and delighted. And you know, one thing I'm just thinking of, I remember when John and I were first married and then when Wesley was first born, I remember there being this, there was excitement, but it also felt like a little bit 
This is important. We got to figure out how we do things around here because mm. these are going to become our traditions. And there, there's something that can be a little stressful about that. Of mm. like, what traditions do I want to start? What do I want to keep? And and it's, I just, I remember that feeling of like, well, are we the family, a kind of family that we like have an advent calendar? Or do we have little ornaments that we're like, what do we do for that? Like, just kind of that. And that was exciting. But there's some of those things. I'm so glad we did those because they are so delightful. Now, I mean, mm. whether it's we do have a little advent calendar that you hang a ornament on every day. But the other thing that's my favorite tradition is we cut the bottom of the trunk of the tree off mm-hmm. and we write things that have happened that year. And so we now have them for every year from 2004. And that's wow. delightful because you can look back yeah. through and it's good yeah. and bad things. Like we'll talk about what has happened, the major family moments of that year. And it, that is delightful. I'm glad we started it. I'm glad we have it going on to read through them and then to think about like what's going to make the the stump for yes. this year. It was fun too. So Very nice. So you're kind of alluding to like the last sort of principle that I kind of came up with when it comes to the light, which is that it brings us together. Right. It brings us together. It's not what I like about delight is it's not really something that anybody can kind of take from us. You know, like delight is a pretty temporary sort of state of being. And so once it kind of fades away, you can get it back. Mm. And it's also pretty individual. Right. On what I might find delightful, you guys may not see why it's sort of delightful. But when we experience delight, a lot of times it feels like almost contagious. Mm. You feel really connected. And I feel like there's almost this sort of spiritual peace and that you feel connected kind of to the universe at large. So I really sort of enjoy that. Are there particular things that y'all delight in with like your family? I know Avery, mm. you're, you gave a wonderful example of the tree stumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I love that. And I think, and one thing I was just thinking about is that we went on this trip over the summer with my brother, which was a delight. I mean, such a treat to be able to be with my brother for 10 days in England. And I've got that, the photo shuffle feature on my phone. So every time I pick up my phone, it's a different picture. And, and a lot of them are from that trip. And that's delightful because it brings me back actually to that togetherness and that experience that we had and that memory of that. So that's something that's just every time I pick up my phone. Oh yeah. I remember that, whatever it was. So, mm-hmm. and what about you, Lucy? I think I get a lot of delight from seeing other people's delight. Mm. If that makes sense. And I think the holidays, I love watching like people's faces. They're like opening gifts or mm. as they see the lights guard. Like, I think that is really fun. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. that shared experience and like observing other people's reactions mm-hmm. and responses. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so let's kind of get back to the old way that we used to do the podcast, which is uh, do try this at home. We haven't done that that. in a little while. We've been doing lots of interviews and such. So let's talk about how people can sort of increase sort of their delight meter. So one of the things that I thought about was, you know, about how to shift your focus. If you can be intentional, like throughout the day, watch for anything that could potentially sort of spark even the mildest sort of form of delight. Mm -hmm. And again, a lot of times it may come from places that you don't expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the second thing I was, one of my favorite books is by Catherine Price. Uh, She wrote The Power of Fun, How to Feel Alive Again. I love this recommendation so much. So she recommends that you verbally acknowledge when you find something delightful. She says, actually, when you find something delightful, put your pointer finger in the air and just say delight. Uh Um, And she says that her research shows that that physical gesture anchors you in the experience and it like really kind of Mm. calls 
mm-hmm. attention to it. And then the third I would say would be to share it with somebody else. I think it would be really fun. Like if you found something delightful, take a photo and kind of like hashtag it or just put delight and then text it or send it to like one other person and see how much of a mm-hmm. chain reaction you can kind of cause. And that's going to help fill up sort of your delight cup too. Oh yeah. So I love that. And then another way to get more delight is to sign up for our December delights. So that's an email that's going to come out every day. And it's just, we did this last year. It was a slightly different. It was like self-care during the holidays. And this one is going to be finding delight in the holidays. And you'll sign up for that email. You can go to our website, badassrebellion.com and sign up for that email list. And you'll just get an email a day that kind of inspires delight or inspires you to look for specific types of delight, just to kind of keep it on the, like kind of the front of your mind throughout the holiday season, throughout December. Yeah, absolutely. And it's completely free. So just go to our website and sign up. And just to sort of give acknowledgement to how I kind of came up with that particular Mm -hmm. or how we came up with that particular challenge. So there's a poet and an essayist. His name is Ross Gay. I absolutely love this man. (laughs) He has three books out plus some, but the ones that I've read that inspired me for this particular challenge, he has a book called The Book of Delights. And then I'm listening to his audio book. It's called The Book of More Delights. And what he did was sort of came up with this challenge with his first book. He decided to write about a delight every day. He started and ended on his birthday and he quickly wrote like a little essay. He wrote it by hand. He didn't do it every single day of the year, but he did it a lot, you know, throughout the year. And it was just this practice that he created in order to spend time thinking and writing about it. And I highly recommend his audio book. It's on Audible. I'll link it in the show notes. It's just his voice. I love hearing when authors read what they've written and and his voice is just he's so chipper and delighted and there's like this little hint, hint lilt of like mischievousness and you know to the way that he reads and stuff so it's highly enjoyable i recommend it highly so awesome. yeah all right well thanks so much for listening to us we hope you're delighted and we'll see you soon thank you for joining us for this episode Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Inspiration from the Couch.